Hello and welcome to the March 8th, 2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is awesome to have everybody here with me today. And, of course, it is always wonderful to be out there with you as well. And let me first start by saying that uh, I miss doing this. It's been quite a few days. And one of the reasons why, well, actually, probably the sole reason why is because of all the false alarms that I've had with the birth of my new child. Uh, My wife and I, unfortunately, once again, had to rush to the hospital yesterday. Uh, There's been now three false alarms in terms of the hospital, one being a virus, another one being blurry vision, and this last one being that she thought her water broke. Apparently it did not. So we were sent home for a third time. Now, for Mr. Joe, I'm pretty used to this stuff. You know, you got to remember, this is my fourth child, so I'm accustomed to this stuff happening. But it's getting pretty frustrating at this point. I would really, really, really love to just get this underway. And I guess you could say start my new chapter in my life with my little baby girl. Um, but things are just not progressing the way that I would like them to. For those women out there who understand pregnancy, or even those men, of course, uh, last time we checked, Monday of this week, she was three centimeters dilated and 50% aphased. I think I might have even reported on that already. So you have to imagine that that's gotten a little, you know, increased since then, but who knows? From what I could read, or what I do read, none of it matters it just happens when it happens. So I just have to be patient and I have to wait. And the other thing I'd like to try to be patient with, but I'm starting to lose my patience, is how Mr. Joe continuously rapid cycles. And I have to tell you, um, I, I don't even want to say that I'm cycling from mania to depression. It's more like I'm cycling from stability to depression. And my last, I had planned on doing a March 5th, uh, March 5th podcast, and I never got around to it. And that particular day, I apologize, I had a call from work that I had to uh, take, whether or not I'm on my break, uh, hands are all on deck at this point in time. But anyway, I had a March 5th uh, podcast that I had planned on creating that I never got around to because of the situation with my new child on its way. And I could tell you that one of the first things that I wanted to report that particular day is that I had woken up symptom-free, but then about two hours after the podcast that I had produced at some point this week, the depression hit again. And it's really... It's really been up and down for Mr. Joe. And again, I don't want to say all the way up because I have not had any real experience with the hypomania or the mania as of late. It just seems to be a lot of stability and me kind of waiting for that depression to hit. 
And it's really, really starting to bother me. It really is. And I know we talk a lot about different symptoms that, for the most part, come from a textbook when it comes to bipolar disorder. But if we really think about bipolar disorder, there is so much more to it from a symptomatic perspective that our doctors don't tell us, that we sometimes don't even talk about here in the podcast. I mean, at least not technically. I would imagine there are certain times Mr. Joe will bring up certain events, certain situations, uh, past experiences that I've had, and I felt a certain way, and I describe it, and you as an audience can turn around and say, oh, I'm not alone. I have felt that too. But that's kind of more off the cuff, you know, and we've never really, really spoken about some of the things that go on besides the textbook. And again, they're all probably related to the textbook stuff. But in a textbook, nobody ever tells you that you could go from stability back to depression and, you know, cycle that way. At least I didn't know that you could, and I don't recall ever doing that. But it it just so happens that I do. And if I want to get even more specific about some of the symptoms that I've been dealing with in terms of, let's just focus on the depression right now. And I know I've brought this up before, at least I thought I have. And I'm going to say it now. Um, I was going to end my podcast by saying it, but I think it's important that I discuss it now and then we'll get back to it. And, I, and again, I'd like you to think about some of the, of the things that you are feeling. And I, I just, I'm curious whether or not This is something that you've experienced. Again, I believe I've spoken about it before, but I think my main complaint with the depression, and it's even starting to happen to Mr. Joe now, and as a matter of fact, I had some difficulty during our last podcast, I believe, because I was in a bout of depression where the words could not come out of my mouth. But I really want to focus on that to some extent because what I'm recognizing is that each and every time I am depressed now, I am finding it extremely difficult to actually speak. It's almost like it takes so much effort for the words to come out of my mouth. I'm monotone for the most part. I'm thinking about how to say what I need to say before I'm actually saying it. And imagine all those symptoms together and you got a total lack of concentration. And for what it's worth, it doesn't matter whether I'm with my family whether I'm at work, you know, I've spoken before about my ability to kind of pull stuff together at work. And lately with this depression, I've been doing my work, but in terms of my social skills, um, I've found it just as hard to talk to just people in general here, coworkers in general. I find it difficult lately to go up to a countertop in a store and pay for something and actually make conversation. The words just don't want to come out of my mouth. And is it because depression, when it hits you, it's a complete lack of energy? And because talking requires energy and my energy is so low, maybe that's why it becomes so difficult. I don't know. What I do know is that it provokes a lot of anxiety in Mr. Joe when I have to speak. And I had that, I really had that feeling this morning and it kind of went away. Um, I'm getting it again now. I'm probably overthinking it um, a little bit, but you know, that's my self-awareness. At least I try to work on my self-awareness and 
maybe Mr. Joe has awareness of all the things in life that are wrong, but the inability to fix any of it. <laughs> you know, think about that. I mean, I'm tired, but I can't sleep. Um, my brain is full of in- information and thoughts, yet I can't focus and concentrate when I'm at my job. And I feel like I am constantly apologizing to people for the physical, the emotional, that that lack of physical energy, that lack of emotional energy, or that emotional pain and weariness and feeling like I have to apologize for all of it. And it's horrible. It really, really stinks. And if you want to take it a step further, and I know we've evolved now in terms of some of Mr. Joe's complaints, but again, it feeds all off of the main complaint that I have, and I find it, again, very hard to speak when I am depressed. But... I think it's important that we evolve from that particular symptom and and talk about some of the other things that happen. And I mean, I'll just put it in perspective here. Um, You know, talking a lot of times has a lot to do with decision making. And I also feel, and again, this is something that they will not address in a textbook in terms of symptomatic issues when it comes to bipolar disorder or any mental health issue for that matter. But it's a horrifying feeling that whenever, whenever you have a decision to make, and no matter how big or small that decision might be, it becomes an absolute burden because of your indecisive mind. And then the guilt of having made that decision that always seems to be the wrong one after you've made it. And then, unfortunately, there are times that I even get go a little further and I start to get guilty and it makes me think that I'm useless to just about everybody in this world, including myself. Um, and, I, and again, those are not suicidal tendencies or thoughts, but those are some of the things. Again, think about it. I mean, because it just did sound suicidal. And Mr. Joe is not suicidal. But if suicide attempts are part of bipolar disorder or the feeling of suicide and depression, that's fine. Again, we can outline that within a DSM-5 or a textbook, but if you break it down, what I just said is also symptomatic of having depression without using the word depression and without using the word suicidal. Um, Something else I've noticed that I've started to do uh, lately, as my depression seeps in even further, I, I feel like I've become selfish to some extent. And what I mean by this is when I'm depressed, I tend to isolate myself and really put my depression first, other than when it comes to work, for, that, for, for what it's worth. Um, everything else, for the most part, becomes second. Uh, and it just seems selfish to me. It's almost like my friends, my family, my kitties, they all take a back seat to the depression. And honestly, it's all because I I can't talk. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. Um, and, you know, seeing your children growing up and thinking that you're a grumpy old man and that you hate fun and, and when you can't explain what's wrong with you, it's a horrible feeling. And I don't ever want to explain that to them. Again, I explained it to them 
when they were younger, at least I explained it to them about when I was younger and when they were younger and some of the things they might have seen because they have not seen Mr. Joe completely depressed. But I'm afraid that it's at times gotten so bad to some extent that um, I'm going to have to explain myself, explain my selfishness as to why, again, stemming from that original thought process, stemming from the fact that I can't get the words out. So, you know, with, with the inability to speak and get the words out when I'm depressed, again, comes along that guilt. The guilt of hurting your family, the guilt of hurting your friends, the guilt of lying about why you can't do something or go somewhere, the guilt of not going to work, the guilt of staying in bed. I mean, you know, the guilt of not taking care of your body and your responsibilities. That guilt of seeing the hurt in my wife's eyes when she knows what I'm going through. You know, the guilt of overall failure. It all consumes my brain and it's never ending. You know, constantly paranoid, constantly paranoid, always constantly uncertain. And part of what I've been going through in terms of um, the cycling, I want to talk about uncertainty. Well, I cannot stand the fact that I have no idea if I'm going to wake up each day or the next day in the same horrible mood or even a worse mood than I had experienced the day before or a better one. And because I'm uncertain about it, basically... I, I, am, I just don't know if one day I'm going to actually not be able to function at all. Keep my head above water, so to speak. Hold down my job. Can things get that bad because of depression? Um, one of the good things that has not happened thus far is I haven't canceled any plans last minute. I used to do that all the time, canceling plans last minute and having people think that I don't care to be with them. When the truth is, those people are probably the most important people to be around for support, but yet I don't have the energy or the desire or the, you know, the wherewithal to be around them. Because as I'm waiting for the depression to lift, and it's not, I recognize that I just can't do it. Just can't talk. And then when all the symptoms mix, think about all these symptoms that I spoke about. That awful combination of the lack of concentration, the exhaustion. Um, It all makes your brain stay in what's like the... (laughs) I don't know, the dial-up tone phase of waking. You know, up for extended periods of time. You can't think straight, you can't form proper sentences. You don't know if you need or want social interactions or if I should be alone and sit in a corner like a wackadoo. You know, I don't enjoy the things that I normally do. These are all part of depression. Need to put on an act. That's what I find myself doing more than anything in the world. Unable to speak. And then what happens? Well, I need, I need to put on an act. So everybody thinks that Mr. Joe is okay. 
But in, instead, really, the truth is, inside, I feel completely worthless and like I want to run away. I mean, sometimes, and I don't know if this sounds like Mr. Joe is, is being too dramatic here, because I don't think I've ever said these words before. I never want people to feel sorry for me, um, have sympathy, or even empathy for that matter. But sometimes, guys, I just want to shout and scream that I am suffering and I can't cope right now. And that's why I am the way that I am. And no, I can't, I can't make this copy for you as a friendly gesture. No, I can't sit and eat lunch with you because you want to talk. No, I can't lead this meeting today because I cannot cope. But life, or I guess the public eye, or the stigma that has been created that makes a person with bipolar disorder, such as you and I, feel like I'm not even allowed to show my weakness. You know, I constantly find myself holding back tears because of the exhaustion and the physical pain that literally I physically have pain sometimes because I hold back the tears because I have to appear like I can function. You know, function enough to, to, to have a job and be in my home and social situations. And ultimately, if you really think about it, here I am talking about not being able to speak and an overall description of some of the things that I feel when I'm depressed and yet I still feel like I'm not even able to explain why I am depressed. And people are constantly asking me, what's making you depressed, Mr. Joe? Or why are you depressed? And it's like impossible to keep saying that I don't know. And if I knew, I would definitely love to tell somebody and fix it. But the, more, the most difficult thing is the fact that I just don't know why. I just... I just exist. Wanting to say what's on my mind, but I can't even explain it. So sometimes Mr. Joe will just cry because I don't even know what I'm feeling. Uh, Seriously, I mean, I haven't been able to get out of bed. I'm exhausted, not only physically, but mentally. Mentally exhausted from having to apologize for who I am. Mentally exhausted for trying to convince myself that I actually deserve to be here and be alive and physically and mentally exhausted from living sometimes. I'm just so damn tired. And, you know, when you can't talk because you're depressed, it would not be a, an unusual thing if you're not even able to feel happiness from the things you normally love. You know, I sometimes I can't even feel things because I'm so numb and I'm just empty inside. Like someone disconnected my emotions completely and I don't even enjoy the things that I do every, every day or the things that I like during the day. You know, I don't even get to go places on time usually because I'm so tired. <laughs> Takes And I'm, you know, Mr. Joe, I want to be everywhere. But man, getting up for work... I'm rushing out the door every morning because I am so tired. It takes me more energy to get up and get ready to go. And I even find myself procrastinating sometimes because of that lack of energy. 
And I've gotten all this from the fact that I find it difficult to talk when I'm depressed. So I guess the fact that I'm talking now kind of means that I'm not depressed. But I, I, I circle back to that feeling of I just, I'm just kind of here. And man, man, oh man, when I can't talk because I'm depressed, in conjunction with that feeling, I honestly feel that that, that overall feeling of inability to talk is never going to end. Really. It's like I can't explain it, no tangible reason for it, but it's just never going to end. And that is scary. What's even more scary sometimes is that foggy thinking that Mr. Joe has spoken about time and time again. It's like almost impossible to concentrate or remember anything. I mean, technically, I never read that that was even a symptom of depression. I've never read that in the DSM-5, that my thinking is going to be all cloudy. I'm not going to remember anything. I mean, okay, I get it that maybe that's a side effect of some medications, but... Uh, apparently, it doesn't need to be all the time because I remember even when I was unmedicated, there was no ability for me to remember anything then either. As a matter of fact, I, for the most part, wanted to forget everything that I did during those times because I was such an animal. Between the raging, between the fighting, between the blaming, between the drug use, between the inability to hold down a job. Now, is Mr. Joe at that point right now? No, absolutely not. I'm not. I'm here. I'm at work. I'm on my break. I'm getting ready to go back in. I've been productive all day. As a matter of fact, I, I believe now that I could actually speak, I could sit here and say that I've been relatively productive since I started this new job. Uh, not even relatively, overly productive. Overly. I go above and beyond, and I think that's the right way to do things in this lifetime. I really do. You know, you don't get anywhere in life, in my opinion, just by, you know, remaining stagnant and just doing your job based on the job description. So I have been able to keep that quote-unquote quality alive, but man, oh man, has it been difficult as hell. I mean, how the hell does a person actually do what I just said I've been doing when sometimes you can't even get the damn words out. I mean, that there's like an internal frustration that I'm too scared, too guilty, too embarrassed to even speak out because of this stigma that's out there and the lack of support. And maybe even for you out there, the people who say that they're there for you, when actually they aren't. So in the end, you just end up drowning in your own thoughts and your own depression. Or anxiety gets worse. I used to feel all the time, uh, this goes back to my ex-wife, the witch. You know, I used to get paranoid that people were getting annoyed with me because she used to get so annoyed with me. And the awful symptoms that go along with my bipolar disorder. You know, I mean, it's horrible. And you know, my my hygiene, my hygiene ain't so great when I'm depressed. I used to I used to brag about the fact that I could for the most part maintain my hygiene 
Well, you know what? The other day I looked in the mirror. I'm like, damn it, man. I haven't shaved in days. When you're skipping showers and skipping shaving and doing all those things, there is a big problem. You, you're, you're even more in trouble than the fact that you can't talk. You know? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And then, if you really want to think about certain things that are interesting, here I am talking about the lack of energy, but what I noticed, and, and I've said this many, many times, Mr. Joe does not yell at his children. And when I do, it's, it's odd. <laughs> it's really odd. I don't like to yell. I don't normally yell. But when I do, it's odd, and I actually remember it. And... I did it the other night with my little guy, Mickey. Now, listen, he's not behaving very well because he won't let me change his diaper. But still, you know, I used to have patience for that and I could kind of ignore it. You know, but sometimes depression will even bring out agitation and irritability and anger. And honestly, when I yelled at Mickey the other night, I felt like I had no self-control at all. It's like the intensity gets to a point where I couldn't even hold it in. And I fly off the handle, which really ultimately is just this small little thing. And because I can't regulate my emotions, I, I scream like a wackadoo. It sucks. It really does. And I hate to say that word. I hate to, I hate to curse. Uh, that, that to me is a curse. Mr. Joe don't like to say those words, but... What else? What other way can you describe it? I mean, really, if you think about it, it all just sucks. I'm going to attempt to have a good weekend. I know we've covered a lot in terms of some of the symptoms that we've, that at least Mr. Joe has felt over the course of his depressive moments. But ultimately, what I really wanted to talk about today was that inability to be able to talk. Literally, I, I can't voice any thought because in the end, it's like depression makes me believe that my opinions don't even matter. If you are living with a mental illness and you're doing well, I ask that you continue to work hard. If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness or a drug addiction, I ask that you continue to support that person in the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to fight, continue to battle, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you so much for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. See you guys again real soon. Have a great day.